Uh, Jesus didn't have a problem with people that was in the streets. He had a problem with religious people. How can I help anybody when I'm not even when I was not even able to help my own son? I would never do that. I would never do that. And I became that in a matter of minutes when they took my pain pills away. And I said, I'm not where I want to be. But thank God I'm not what I used to be. Ugh. This is Faith in Your Recovery. I am Randy Davis. Welcome to the battle. Hey, welcome back to each and every one of you. We're glad you're with us today. We're going to talk a little about that struggle, but we're going to do it in a different way. We've claimed since episode one that faith in your recovery is about all things recovery. So today's episode is going to be exactly that as we share together with R.J. Pittman concerning an event coming up in October that is called We Do Recovery. Or excuse me, We Do Recover. Yeah, there's no, well, it's about your recovery, but We Do Recover, okay? It's that active sense. So we're glad you're here. RJ, how are you? Doing good. How are you doing? Good, good. Folks, if you remember, and if you don't remember, go back. Refresh that memory. Episode 16, RJ was our interview, and he gave us his story in great detail. Today, we're going to touch on that story, but instead of going into all that detail, we're going to take the conclusion of our episode, and we're going to talk about the We Do Recovery event. So, go ahead, RJ. Tell us a little about your recovery journey the struggle, the victory. We'll give you about 15 minutes for that. I know that won't begin to cover it, but you can hit us with the highlights. Okay? Yeah. Go so ahead. my uh, my story was a little different. And like Randy said, you go back to episode 16, you'll be able to see that. But um, my, uh, my battle didn't start with abusive relationships and things like that. You know, I had a very, very good childhood growing up as far as after my uh, my mom and my father split up. Um, my dad was abusive at first, but not with us. He was abusive with our mom and, you know, he had an alcohol, uh, addiction, but how old were you, RJ, when they split up four years old? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, they split up when I was four. Um, my mom and my stepdad got together when uh, I was about six, seven years old. Um, and we had a great, great childhood growing up, my brother and me, um, at that point, but, um, about the age of 12, that took a turn. I started using marijuana and, uh, you know, I know that everybody calls that the gateway drug. And back then that was my gateway drug because as an addict, it just took one thing to make me feel like that I had some kind of different, um, you know, brain effect going on. I felt good. I, you know, um, so at the age of 14, I was in, in very active in sports and, uh, so I wanted, I was working out, you know, obviously and hitting the weight room and I wanted to get bigger in order to get bigger, I needed more energy, so I started using cocaine, and uh, that just took me off in downhill spiral from there. Um, I was starting quarterback at Blackford High School, <clears throat> and uh, played basketball, played baseball, bowling. I mean, you name the sport, and I was there, um, all the way down to playing golf. You know, and um, but at the age of 16, I decided that <clears throat> I wanted to go a different route. So. 
I stopped going to school. I stopped going to my sports and things like that. And I started doing other things. I started doing drugs more. I started selling drugs because I had, in order to do drugs, I had to make money to be able to do those drugs. Oftentimes goes hand in hand, right. whether we admit it or not. <laughs> yeah, so I ended up uh, selling the, selling drugs to, to do drugs. Um, and at the age of 18, on my 18th birthday, it landed me in jail. You know, um, at midnight, I turned 18 or whatever, you know, it's when you start celebrating your 18th birthday. And at 12, 15, I was sitting in a jail cell. Um, and that landed or that stemmed back from 16 to 18 of writing bad checks, doing things that I, I was doing illegally to be able to um, to use the drugs that I was wanting to use. So what were you charged with that got you in jail at that time? My first set of charges was 16 class A misdemeanors for check deception. out of grant county um that turned into uh obviously a whole downhill spiral in and out of prison and jail systems for the next 16 plus years um and using multiple different drugs from all the way from marijuana to heroin to fentanyl to um you know and back then obviously whenever i was using isn't like it is now so it wasn't everything wasn't cut with fentanyl everything wasn't a one and you're done type thing. It was, uh, you know, we got high, we partied, we had fun. You did have some overdoses, but it was nothing like it is today. Um, so, you know, I was in and out of, obviously in and out of incarcerations all the way from the age of 18 up until uh, five years, four and a half years ago. Um, and four and a half years ago, whenever I decided to get clean on September 28th, I decided that I was done, and um, I just gave my life to God. And that's, How old were you at that time? So I would have been 38. So you say from the time of, did you say? 18. Four, eight, eight, well, in and out of 20, incarceration, yeah. 20 plus years, yeah. so give or take. Yeah, in, in and out of incarceration for you know, over a 20-year span. And I dealt with an addiction issue from the age of 12 all the way until the age of 38. Um, so what, 26 years I dealt with that. Um, and you know, I battle that still today. I just, I'm clean and sober, but I still battle that I have an addiction issue. And I, you know, so even being four and a half years clean, I still go to two to three meetings a week. I still, um, do everything I'm supposed to do to try to maintain that sobriety. Um, but one of the things that was one of the stepping points, I think to getting clean was, um, me and my mom was best friends, you know, obviously, cause, I, I, I didn't have, that father figure that I thought that I should have. I had a stepdad, but he ended up leaving whenever I was in the middle of my active addiction um, and was cheating on my mom. And so me and my mom grew a really, really close relationship. Um, and I came home from prison one time and I was at the sober living house in Fort Wayne and she was in the hospital. Um, I went out to see her that morning when I walked off the elevator. She was in what they call stroke activation or something of that nature. Anyway, she was in the middle of an active stroke. And uh, so they told us that she had 48 hours to live. And within 12 hours, she had passed away. Um, Now, I say that was a turning point in my recovery, but it didn't start there. You know, uh, I made her. It got your attention. It got my attention. But unfortunately, I started using even more heavily after um, she passed away and it took that one last time of being arrested to say, okay, you remember what you promised mom when she was on her deathbed. Was it because of the pain of that loss that you increased? The so I lost that at least your excuse. Well, I lost my, my faith in God. I mean, I, I was mad at God and I, you know, taking um, your mom. Yeah. Because okay, I was like, that. how are you going to take somebody that. so good? And, and so 
all you got all these evil people out here and you just let them roam the streets but you take this good person away and i just couldn't understand it because i didn't have that relationship with god yet that i have today um and it took two and a half years into my recovery to finally understand that there's a reason for everything there's a positive to every situation and it actually um it took a brianna's hope meeting for somebody to make me realize that, you know, and I realized that, you know, she's no longer in pain. She's no longer hurting. She's no longer suffering from addiction issues of herself because she was struggling with that at the end of her life. Um, and I realized that I wasn't ever going to get clean if she was still alive and I was taking care of her because she struggled with addictions, you know, so, um, an addict helping an addict <laughs> doesn't usually add up to one success. Not at all. It, no. Let alone two. Yeah. And so even into my recovery now, um, you know, you learn to deal with emotions. You learn to deal with different things that we never had to deal with in our active addiction. Um, and last year, almost a year ago now, um, next week, uh, will be one year my dad passed away. Well, I just started rebuilding that relationship with my dad. And, uh, you know, I'd lost that over the period of the 30 plus years that I was out running the streets. And um, so he had finally gotten clean and he got sick. And so a year ago we lost him and I was learning how to deal with that emotion of loss while being sober. And uh, that's not an easy thing to do when you've never dealt with that, you know. So absolutely. Um, obviously I reached out to my support system and I, uh, you know, walked my way through that with God. And, um, this time around, I understood the reason why God was, you know, had taken him. Um, I wasn't mad at God this time, like I was with my mom. Um, and I think that's what made it a little bit easier to deal with, you know, um, and to maintain my sobriety. So, um, you know, now I can sit here today and say that I'm sober and I made it through a, a loss of life and a relationship um, with my father that I just rekindled, you know, and I can only say that because I use my support system. Well, there's nothing easy about a loss, whether you're into addiction or not. Yeah. When it's somebody you love and you lose them, that's not a fun moment at all. And there are a lot of lessons to be learned about ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we all rely on something, whether it's God or a drug. We're going to turn to something in those moments to get us through. Right. But you've finally gotten to that point to where the drug's far enough behind you and God's there with you. It's a much easier reach yeah. and a much safer one as well. Yes? Yeah. So, you know, uh, if I would have relapsed during the middle of that with the drugs the way they were today, obviously we know what one and done means today. and. Um, with the way the drugs are cut, that that just means that I could have been laying right beside him, you know. So um, I think that that within my mind and knowing that God was beside me through the the, the uh, burying and all that stuff and grief and dealing with grief, um, that made it a whole lot easier than using drugs and then waking up and feeling it again and using drugs and waking up and feeling it again, you know. That vicious cycle that just <laughs> swirls down and down. Yeah, it's yeah. horrible. Uh, you know, and another turning point, and I, and I don't share a lot, but another turning point was, um, you know, during the millennium, obviously everybody thought the end of the world was coming. We had a big party going. Um, and one of my brother and I's best friend, um, had a 380 automatic and he shot himself right in front of us. And so my brother and I were trying to hold, um, hold him together, I would say, without being too gruesome on here, but um, trying to stop bleeding and getting an ambulance arrived. But in long term, he lost his life. And that 
from that point on, I mean, it was just. Was uh, that drug-related, uh, drug-induced? That's Drug-induced and mental health-related, you know? Okay. Um, and like I think that that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand today as we learn more and more about drugs and substance abuse disorder. And uh, But it was definitely drug-induced because we had been up for five days drinking and partying. Um, now, we wasn't partying on the things that it turned that uh, trauma situation turned it into me using more um, heavy drugs, I guess you'd say, opiates and uh, heroin, fentanyl, things like that. And uh, we weren't using that then. So I think that that was a big turning point in a trauma situation in my life that I never realized until I started going to therapy. And about a year ago, it finally came out. Um, and I think it was at one of my share or one of the meetings and my brother was sharing and he brought it up and it made me realize man this actually this is a turning point you would walk a very close almost step-by-step journey with your brother through this (laughs) to where a speaks for b and b speaks for a kind of thing yeah so me and my brother are definitely best friends and we uh you know we both were our drug court graduates in two different counties we're both um we have we're both certified to be a peer recovery coach. We're both working recovery field. Um, so yeah, I would say a, a speaks for a B and B speaks for a for sure. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, folks, I'll tell you what, once again, RJ's full interview, his full story, go back to episode 16. That was on August 1st, 2022. And you can hear I almost said read, but you can hear between the lines as he shares more of those details. But he did a good job of bringing you up to date. And that's what leads us into an event that he has coming up this October. We do recover. Uh, I've got a few questions for you here, RJ, Mm -hmm. but let's begin. Just give the folks an introduction and explanation of what we do recover is about yeah so four years ago um i went to an event up in fort wayne and i seen some recovery it was a recovery event um unrelated to this event and some of the artists that are at our event i were there and i was like man these guys are really cool like this is really awesome to see all these people in recovery come together and party and there's not uh weed smoke going everywhere there's not drinking going on like this is really awesome and I was like, you know, I got to figure out how, how do they get this going? And so um, I got really lucky and I got to speak to two of the artists that were there. I got um, their phone numbers. And so I was able to take that. And the very next year, um, my nonprofit organization that I have called Get Sober, Stay Sober, I was like, I reached out to him and I said, hey, what do we got to do to make this happen? And um, that was four years ago. And now this is the fourth annual We Do Recover event, and we bring in people from all over the United States, um, different cities, uh, for speakers and performers. So it's We're really We're going to cool. talk about those speakers and performers here in a moment. Yeah. We'll, have, we'll give you a chance to tell the folks just a little bio on them. Is the event still going on in Fort Wayne that you kind of modeled 
in your head after? So um, that was a, like a tour that these guys were doing. And um, so they haven't been back up there. More of a one-time yeah, thing. Yeah, it was a one-time thing. And I wanted to do something that was an every-year thing. So you want to be on their yearly tours, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we wanted yeah. something that yeah. everybody in recovery could come to every single year, you know. In one sentence, sum up what you want to see happen with We Do Recover, this year's event. What is a goal, a mission? Give us a brief. My my goal and mission every year, for and that including this year, is to bring people in that have zero days in recovery, um, that are seeking recovery, and they see how great that this is, and they find the resource tables that we have at this event. Um, you know, from treatment centers down to a better life, Brianna's hope and things like that. Uh, and they want to seek that out and then they find recovery themselves. That's the ultimate goal to this. And in ending the stigma within our communities, obviously what addiction is. And I'm going to guess, correct me if I'm wrong. Those who are already in recovery, come here to celebrate. Oh yeah. Come here to bring a brother or sister alongside them and help them get to that point where, they used to party together. Now they want to recover together. It's amazing to see the the amount of people that come. You know, the first year we had, I think, 200 to 300 people. Um, and then last year we had almost 1,000 people show up. And these are people that did party together um, and did drugs together. And then now they're doing recovery stuff together. And you're seeing a whole different side of them, but at the same, the same people doing it, you know, and it's just amazing. It's awesome. One of those things we hear all the time here on our faith in your recovery podcast is the idea of having to change your people, places, and things. Mm -hmm. I think of that, and it's a personal opinion. It's up for your vote. Okay. But I think the most important thing there with those people, places, and things is to change the things. Because just as you're saying, we're back with those people that we used to live with and now Mm. we're, or used to use with, and now we're celebrating with them and bringing others on board, showing them, our friends, our circle, that. This can happen. Mm-hmm. We do recover. Yeah. Hashtag addicts recover, however you want to go there. So you've given us a little history. You've told us you kind of for you. This is the fourth annual event. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And it's a long-term planning for additional events oh, on yeah. down the road. <laughs> yeah, I know that's part of it. But uh, give the folks the date, location, time of the event, and the cost to attend. So um, the date of the event this year is October 21st. It's a Saturday, um, and it is going to be open from 2 p.m. to 9 p.m. this year. It's a little bit earlier than last year, uh, and we did that just because of the reason that we want everybody to stay through the entire event. Um, We did move it out of Decatur this year, and we moved it down to Monroe. It's at the 4-H Grounds Expo Hall, and the reason for that is as we grow, we have to also grow with our venue, you know, so... Um, that is in Monroe, Indiana, though, October 21st from 2 to 9 p.m. And Monroe, Indiana is basically between Burn and Decatur. Yeah, um, it's a stoplight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So good, good. And the cost to attend is absolutely free. It's Everything. A, it's free for, so the cost to get in is free. 
Um, the only charges that you'll incur there is any charges that you want to incur. So that meaning food, we'll have a food truck there. Um, and just about that food truck is a guy that's in recovery himself that started it. And uh, Andy Gurgler's been on yeah. the podcast here, and that's who we're talking about at this time. Yeah. yeah. I, I look at Andy, and I think Indiana Beach Boy, okay? <laughs> With his hat backwards. That, yeah, he just got that look about him, yeah. all right? Yeah, so he'll be there, though. That'll be some, um, some cost that you'll incur, but um, that cost also is – Whatever that charge is, is Andy also is giving back toward next year's event. Um, and so they'll have that and then any merchandise that you want to you want to purchase while you're there. That is the only cost. If you come and you just don't have no money at all, we're going to make sure you have a good time regardless. I've been there. I was there for part of it last year, and he's absolutely right. It will be. Go ahead. Tell us who the musical guests will be because these aren't names that will be on the top of everybody's top yeah. 10 list. But in this arena, in this area of life, folks, these are our big names. So mm-hmm. introduce us to the musical guests. Tell us a little something about them. So, you know, you get into the recovery uh, community, and I think that a lot of these names will be familiar, you know. Um, but so we'll just start off and I'll kind of go down the flyer as we have the flyer in front of us. But Travis Gilbert is from climb for recovery. He's out of Maine. Um, he's a nonprofit organization. They actually climb mountains and do things to raise money for their local community, their kids. Uh, they do a Christmas for kids situation down there. He is one of our speakers. Um, and then Nikki Gracious is one of our performers, and that's one of Indiana's own. Um, he's Huntington area, yes. Huntington, correct. Yeah, he's from Huntington, Indiana. Um, he is national renowned uh, performer now. He actually records with Rip Records, who's out of Wisconsin. Josh Rip does music himself. Um, but Nikki was in prison for 26 years, you know. He was wanted for murder at one time. Um, so to see him being a Christian hip-hop artist now and where he's at in life now as a pastor and other things, it's amazing. Um, and then one of our other performers is Casey Makes Music. Casey lives out in Connecticut. He was a, uh, a heroin user, a drug user, and now he has his own studio called Brightside Entertainment. He brings in performers from all around the country, and you know they pr- record their music there. Uh, so he's really, really cool. He's a real good guy. Kalichi is one name that I think everybody in the recovery community will know. Um, he lives out in Pittsburgh, but he's famous for the song Drug Addiction, which is like seven minutes long. But it's a greatest seven minutes uh, of testimonial that you'll hear uh, through music. But he's been, this will be his third year at our event. Um, Hold wait a minute. Yeah. I'm going to interrupt you, and then we'll go back, and whoever's next on your list after Kalichi, yeah. we want to hear about that. But folks understand Monroe is in Adams County. Yes. Correct. Adams Correct. County, Indiana. Uh, again, that's up between Burn and Decatur. And these guys coming in, uh, no no, not on local talent, because I'm sure we have it. <laughs> but these are names known throughout the United States in their industry. So this is this is big-time stuff for yeah. those in recovery. And I want to emphasize that, that uh, these are not fly-by-nighters. They've been at this for a while, and their life's invested in this. They've been there. They've done that. As you've already said, some of them have served their time for 
various various reasons many of them have been into drugs alcohol whatever the case go i just wanted people to understand it so go yeah. ahead tell us yeah what and got. what's really cool is like you just said monroe's in between uh burn and decatur and it's this little stoplight and what you're gonna see in october is two or three tour buses for performers pulling in through there so this isn't fly by night like you're saying so i'm glad you mentioned that because um, that's very true. You know, there's going to be tour buses there. There's going to be, um, you know, it, it's going to look like you're going to a concert at the Coliseum whenever you pull in, you know. So I, I'm glad you said that because that's very true. Uh, but, yeah, moving on. So our first year guy, this is, this is his first year here, um, and this is going to be what I would say our headline performer um, is rare of breed. Um, he is selling out shows all over the southern states. Um, I believe he's from Louisiana. He's a Christian hip hop artist. He's like I say, he's our first year. He travels around, but not only does he do these shows, um, but at the end of his shows, he does these altar calls and he tries to bring people to Christ and, and the people that are early in recovery that are just not sure yet about it. And, uh, I think it's really cool that him and a couple of the other performers do that. And they try to bring people in and get them, you know, in the right direction. So this is very faith-based as far as this event goes. Yeah. Yes? Yeah, it is. But it's not going to be faith-forced. Right. Uh, the only thing it'll force you to do is listen because <laughs> being of the age I am, it's not quiet music, all right? <laughs> it's not that soft elevator kind of thing that you may want to listen to, but it will get your attention, and the message is wonderful and speaks to the hearts of those they're trying to read. Yeah, and I think that what's important, too, is this isn't just your, like you said, an average music. Um, this is music that these guys are speaking from their heart and things that they have endured through their life. Like, this is their, their testimonies that they're putting into songs. The greatest songs come from the heart and your own experience. And yeah. these are... That's what this is about. Yeah. Uh, sharing their experience through their music right and extra words in between it's yeah. it's amazing yeah. to hear some of the things that these guys and the majority of them they do this whole thing with no cuss words or um or anything else and it's like these guys are the ones that used to cuss like a sailor you know um so it, it's it's amazing to hear it's not your average uh rap music that you hear with nothing but cuss words and saying how much money they've made and everything else you know so uh but yeah, so and and I'll, so I'll touch a base on Joe Nestor is one of I would say the one of the biggest performers in the recovery community. Um, he does Christian music. Um, he plays acoustic. He does rap um, or hip hop, however you want to say it. Uh, but he is a Christian guy, and he implements his his testimonies into the Christian way. Um, and expresses it through his music, and um, it's amazing. He's got a new song getting ready to come out, and I'm just going to kind of promote it for him. Um, but it's it's a song that's going to be casting out some some really big demons, and it's going to be, uh, I think, one of the biggest hits that he's going to have. Um, but he's famous for anxiety, uh, the song Never Gonna Take My Soul, um, things like that. Uh, and then we also have Clean Slate um, and Mallory, which is part of Clean Slate, Mallory B., but... Uh, they are, I, I got hooked up with them through Nikki Gracious. Um, he came in last year and actually proposed to Mallory on the stage at one of his last songs that he did that he wrote for just that purpose. 
Um, so the reason why we did the event on the 21st of August, October this year is because we planned it on the 14th. However, when I told him they're getting married on October 14th, so I can't do the event on October 14th, obviously. So uh, it's really cool to see that they've actually been able to come to Indiana propose and then now getting married the following year and then coming back the next week so uh sorry is one of the new performers he's from texas and uh, most people probably haven't heard of him he's very very brand new he's on the track on go with nikki gracious and clean slate though and it's uh probably going to be one of their better songs that's going to be coming up um we have chicago hope dealers johnny wyrick this is his third year being here he um he actually started Chicago Hope Dealers up in Chicago to try to, and obviously, I mean, we're talking about Chicago, Illinois here, and this is, he goes down and meets them where they're at, and and, and Chicago is not like going and meeting them where they're at in Portland or in Decatur, you know. Um, these are, they're in very, very, very tough territories, and they're pulling people out of the pits that, that nobody can even imagine down here, you know, and nobody's probably, a lot, most of us have never endured and uh, he's bringing them out and getting them into treatment and then these scholarships them into sober living. Um, so he's a really awesome guy, um, but this will be his third year. Third year, And then we got Mike Gleam. Mike Gleam is, um, I mean, you was just talking about him before the podcast started. He's a great guy, Christian guy. He's um, actually got a book called Truth Told. Um, this will be his second year here, and he actually has been on the podcast with you as well. Um, but he... Um, he works in the recovery community. Um, he actually works at the, or did work at the same recovery center that my fiance works at, but just in a different state. Um, but right now he's struggling with some health issues. So, you know. Keep that in prayer. Yeah. He's having some back issues. Yeah, and, and we hope to, that he can get through that as he just had a child. And we want to get him back out here, obviously, into Indiana. But more importantly, we just want him to be able to, to make it through what he's going through and not suffer with any more pain. So. Um, and then last we got Tyler Pack. Tyler Pack's from Gucci Recovery. He's from Ohio, um, and he works in the recovery field as well. Um, but this will be his third year here. Unfortunately, last year when he was supposed to come out, his mom passed away the week before the event, and he was unable to attend um, the event. So uh, this year we're hoping to make it work. The, the first year he was here, uh, I, I kind of was a little excited that year on the stage, and I didn't know that he was at the event, so I kind of overlooked him speaking. So uh, we're excited to have him out here this year and get him up on stage. So it's a really jam-packed event. So how many people had, did you just mention there, RJ? I'm going to guess 12? Um, it looks like 11. Okay. Yep, 11 okay. of them. Uh, and how long will each one of them basically perform? And I know there was no absolute formula to that, but what, 45 minutes? Yeah, we're looking to one? try to give them um, 45 minutes to an hour for each one. Some of them are going to mix together. Uh, you'll see Joe and Casey and Cleachy on stage together a lot. You'll see um, Nikki Gracious and Sori and Clean Slate on together a lot. And so you're going to see these guys not only playing a set by themselves, but also being together, you well, know. Well, they've been to enough different events that they've come <laughs> to know each other, enjoy each oh, other's yeah. style and compliment it, so yeah. they come together. What about speakers? I know all of these guys and gals are going to have things they'll say, mm -hmm. but do you have specific speakers lined up? So our speakers lined up are Travis Gilbert, Tyler Pack, 
Mike Gleam, um, and uh, Chicago Hope Dealers. We've got four speakers lined up this year. They're going to get about 20 minutes apiece this year, Thirty tops 30 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes. Um, and we're going to let them kind of just open up. And uh, like Mike, when he gets in, uh, it's not just about his story. He's talking about what he what you can do with yourself to get back into having a better life for yourself. And um, he doesn't just focus on himself. And none of these guys do. So don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that they sure. you know are self-centered. But um, what I'm saying is, is that, you know, these guys come out. They're not coming for themselves. They're coming for the people that are there. And so we try. We are going to try to give them some uh, some time frame this year to be able to reach out and hopefully reach the newcomer that's at the event. You know, that's the ultimate goal. Okay, uh, so you've got that list of eleven performers. You've got a half dozen or so speakers. It's going to be a busy day from two to nine o'clock. What's that date again? October twenty first in Monroe, Indiana. All right, at the fairgrounds. At the fairgrounds, at the um, West End Expo Hall. West End Expo Hall. Uh, There'll also be resource tables and displays. Mm -hmm. How many were there last year as far as that went? Well, so we had a total total of vendor tables. We had 26 last year. This year we're cutting that down, um, and we're going to have 20 vendor tables, and that's including resource and merch tables. Okay, okay. That's uh, that gives folks a chance to mill around and see what's available in their community mm-hmm. in that general area. What about giveaways? I know you had several of those last year. Yeah, so we'll um, every year we try to get gift baskets donated um, from local uh, stores throughout. Last year, my fiance made quite a bit of uh, gift baskets for the like she made all the kids gift baskets. Um, and we try to donate, obviously, because that's our way to give back as well. Um, and so we had, I think, last year we had 10 gift baskets for adults, and we had four to six for the kids, and we plan on doing that again this year. So that's done by raffle tickets as well. So, um, you know, it's like... in the raffle tickets, did they cost? Yeah, there free? is a cost to the raffle tickets, um, and for the 50-50, obviously, there's a cost for that. Um, but So it's it's minimal. I mean, it's $1 a ticket, and you get 10 tickets for $5, um, and it just goes down, and, and you get more tickets as you go up, sure. obviously. So you get a lot of chances to win some of these really, really cool gift baskets. And when I say cool gift baskets, they we have nice. gift, yeah, we have, and we have gift cards in every single gift basket. Yeah, you know, yeah so, those were nice. Yeah. You've mentioned there would be a food truck on site, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Okay. And uh, what about child care? You had child care last year. Are you able to do that this so year? So what we're going to do is um, we're not going to call it child care because obviously we don't want to take on the liability of, you know, if something would wants to happen or anything um, because it is an open room. Uh, however, we are going to have child games. So there's going to be numerous children games that they can play throughout the night. Um, and that is going to be that when they get there, they get a hand mark and they get some tickets. And what that does is it opens it up so they get to play free games. Now they get an option to buy some more tickets after after we give them those free tickets. But we're hoping to keep the kiddos busy so the adults can actually enjoy the recovery show. 
So, but it is okay to bring your kids. Oh yeah, will be we encourage it for them. Yeah, we encourage it. We want because so that's this what this recovery is about. Friendly. You've already made it clear that the mm-hmm. language is not a place where you're going to have to worry about shaming yourself in yeah. front of your kids, right? Or things you wouldn't want them to say, and all that's going on. <laughs> Let's go back over the true details, the time, the location, everything again. And okay. then if there's anything else you want to say, go ahead and we'll wrap this up. All right. So, yeah, um, as Randy uh, said, this is October 21st. It's called the We Do Recovery Event, the fourth annual. Um, it's from 2 p.m. to 9 p.m. in Monroe, Indiana, at the 4-H Grounds Expo Hall. That's in Monroe, Indiana. Um, we have a website, wedorecoveryevent.com. You can check that out as well. And like Randy said, it's, uh, we are, um, faith We're we have faith based involved in this, but it's not going to be faith push. We want you to come as you are. We want you to enjoy yourself no matter where you stand in your faith and, um, and where you stand in your recovery. You know, if you don't have any minutes clean, we want you there because we have the resource tables. We have treatment centers there. We have sober living homes there. We have a better life brand's hope there. We have NA there, any form of recovery that you want to get into or that you think is going to be fit for yourself. We want you in there. We believe, and I'm going to guess you're of the same belief, that you can leave there a better person than you entered as. Yes, sir. You can leave there with a desire for recovery. Maybe this will be the next right step for your recovery. Yeah. As a part of the close, I always make a comment how your recovery may be just around the corner or in our next episode well, I believe it can be a We Do Recover, the event that will be held again October 21. 21st. Yeah. Yes, October 21st, 2 o'clock to 9 o'clock p.m. in Monroe, Indiana, Adams County, the 4-H Grounds Expo Hall at 160 West Washington Street, Monroe, Indiana. Make sure you get it. Checked out at the we do recovery event.com. And uh, if there are any other questions, contact us here at our Faith in Your Recovery podcast. We look forward to meeting you there and would love to have you. And hey, if you show up, look me up or RJ and tell them that you heard this on the whether it's on the, the podcast or the radio stations that we're on. We look forward to having you out that night. God bless. RJ, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you you having me. Well, we will play this. I can't give you folks a a definite win, but it'll be well before the event as a reminder and uh, just an invite. So God bless. Take care. Stay in the battle. Remember, we do recover. Amen. Amen.